Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Hola, como estas, mi amigos? This, this uh, podcast is it, it it is in English. I just wanted to do that. <laughs> it is in English. Um, <laughs> just so everyone's clear, we're not exactly bilingual. I'm yeah, Trey, yeah I'm like barely. Trey there. does all his parts in Spanish. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 um welcome into the show. We are the fantasy football fathers you can find us on twitter at the ff fathers and uh it's it's finals week no college championship week is what we call finals. it mm, this isn't college no college <laughs> championship week. week for like what 90 percent of people yeah except for those who play on espn okay uh, stupid two-week format yeah, well, they said 100%, 100% finals week for um, us, right? I think we're all in championship games. We are, Yeah, I'm in one. Trey's in one. I think you said you're in two. I'm in two. I got robbed of another one. Um, the fourth one I let Tyler have just so that he could at oh. least be in the finals. Oh, and really, then, son? Um, oh, really, yeah. fool? And then the fifth one I, I just lost. Yeah, fair and square, but... Yeah. Hey, it's not hard to be in two when you're in fucking twelve. I think I'm, I'm in, in what seven. Eight. Tyler, how many are you in? I was in six leagues this year. Okay, never mind. The odds are in your favor. The odds are forever in my favor, and it's not my fault that you know you guys didn't join as many leagues as me. So it's not my fault. Javante Williams blew his fucking knee out. Well, he was gonna carry me. Some would argue differently, but today on this episode of the Fantasy Football Fathers, we are going through every single early window matchup, including the Thursday night football matchup, and discussing all the ins and outs of every single matchup, all the latest news, which we've had, I think, a lot of news drop today. Um, in terms of people that are starting and aren't starting and uh, injury updates. And so we're going to be getting into all that um, here shortly. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, like, subscribe. We appreciate that very much. And we only accept ratings of five stars or higher. So if you're planning on doing that, just know that it has to be five stars. Um. All right. Are we good? Move into Thursday Night Football? Let's get it. Okay. Um, all right. So Thursday Night Football matchup, the Cowboys are taking on the Titans in Tennessee. Um, is this the real spread, right? <laughs> right uh, yeah. Have you seen the injury depth chart for the Titans? It's insane. I have. Um, heard about, obviously, Derrick Henry. Being out, but man, twelve point favorites. Yeah, they're the gonna be Cowboys. They're gonna be down. I think it's nine starters or key contributors on defense as well. 
Holy fuck. All right, so the spread has grown to 12 points for the Dallas Cowboys. The over-under is 39.5 points. Um, wow, man, that's that's <laughs> that's got to be like <laughs> the biggest spread for um, a home team to be the underdog in a long time. Uh, but Tony, uh, I guess, all right, let's start on the Cowboys side of the ball. Um I think Dak is a good matchup here, even on uh, the short week. Obviously, you're starting um, C.D. Lamb, uh, but the running back situation has to be figured out because Tony Pollard has missed practice all week with a thigh injury. Um, he has traveled with the teams with the team in hopes of playing on Thursday, uh, but is officially listed as questionable. Um, both Pollard and Zeke have been great for most of the season, um, both real life and fantasy. Uh, they're going up against, though, a really tough run defense this week in the Titans. Um, I think um, they're like six, six best against the run. But uh, if Pollard does play, are you hesitant to have him in your lineup? And how do we see Zeke if Pollard is um, on or out of the lineup. Yo, if Tony does play, let me, I'll just say it real quick here. If Tony does play, you have to start him. He, he's number six in PPR right now. Number seven in standard. And he hasn't even averaged more than like 60% snaps all year. Um, And if Tony is out, Zeke is an absolute must play. I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. What do you think, Ty? Let me, uh, Oh, go ahead. I honestly, they're both uh, playable this week. Even even as as good as the Titans' defense has been against the run, so they this is all they're top. They're missing on defense. Their top defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons. Their top two edge rushers. Their top two off ball linebackers. Their top safety and their top cornerback are all already ruled out for this game. That means they're missing most of their starting, uh, you know, starting defenders. Not to mention like. I think 75% of their front seven. They're going to have nobody in there to stop the run. The Cowboys, both Zeke and Pollard should have good days. I'm just worried about how serious the Pollard injury is, you know, um, especially on a short week. Uh, yeah. Because he hasn't, he hasn't practiced at all. Um, so let me give you an example. In our home league, um, I, I would argue the league that's most important to all of us. Um, I'm in the finals, uh, the championship, whatever you want to call it, Trey. Um, championship. I have this running back situation. Okay. So I have Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris. Those are two guys that I drafted, but then I've also picked up Kenneth Walker. I also drafted Tony Pollard and I have Rashad white. So out of those five guys, you know, if you don't have, like, I necessarily don't have to start Tony Pollard, right? Because I have Alvin Kamara, I have Najee Harris, I have Kenneth Walker. Um, who are you starting? I mean, I guess I would put Rashad White at the bottom of that list, uh, but those top four, Alvin, Najee, Kenneth, and Tony Pollard. Well, Kenneth Walker didn't practice today uh, on Wednesday. We're which, which is the day we're recording this. So it seems like he's pretty unlikely to play. Not so true. Ha- no? Not true. 
Kenneth Walker, he as you know, he did not practice. He didn't practice all of last week either, or the because they're arresting him, and he had and he had twenty. Well, he missed the game before that, but last week he missed all of practice. Still went in against the Chiefs and had twenty six carries. They're keeping him out just to make sure he doesn't re aggravate the injury during practice. But he's gonna be good to go for the game. I think Walker plays, and I honestly like Walker more than Pollard because he has more time to rest and. I just hate the Thursday night games, short weeks, especially if someone's banged up and there's someone else on the team that can take those carries away and be productive like a Zeke Elliott. I don't know, man. I'm I'm really worried about starting Tony Pollard, even if he's active. That's a good point from your standpoint, from where you're coming from with your team. So I wouldn't blame you with going with that. I didn't think Kenneth Walker would play, but Ty, you're the Seahawks guy, and you know what's going on. So if Kenny Walker's going to play, I'd rather have Kenny Walker than Tony Pollard. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're in a pretty unique situation there, Jim. With like you got you know relatively four guys you could start week in and week out. Um, so yeah, you're you know certainly on look. I'd be able to look at this from like a luxury perspective. So I think from you, yeah, I wouldn't take the risk in starting oh, Tony yeah. Pollard, where I think as most people are going to still need to have him in, in the lineup and. Hopefully, the one good thing about it is like even if it is a game time decision and they determine that they're going to hold him out, it's easy to swap your to swap your lineup real quick because it's the first game of the week. Right. That's probably the best news is that you get it done and over with tomorrow or Thursday, and um, you know move on. But I guess you know if you're in a position where let's say you're trying to decide between Tony Pollard and Rashad White, if if Tony Pollard is active in that situation. I'm probably just going to stick with Tony Pollard and hope for the best. Um, or maybe like Tony or Isaiah Pacheco. I would probably just go ahead and play Tony and hope for the best. But it does worry me a lot. Like short week, I don't like playing guys on Thursday in general, uh, especially if they're dealing with an injury. So on the other side of the ball, Derrick Henry is doubtful to play Thursday night uh, with the hip injury. So this is obviously major news for people that have Derrick Henry and are in the finals. Um, He's not been ruled out, but the doubtful injury designation is not a good sign uh, that he will be able to go. He was in the press earlier today. Didn't sound super confident that he was going to be ready to go. Um, So I don't think he plays um, because the Titans have nothing really to play for play for this week it all comes down to next week but uh, if he is out that is um, Derrick Henry Hassan Haskins and Julius Chestnut will look to split the workload is that the guy is that the glizzy gladiator Chestnut (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) no it's not Uh, undrafted free agent I can't even remember what stupid school he went to sacred heart damn that guy Put on some weight. Did he really go to Sacred Heart? Julius Chestnut, yes. Nice. Good pull. Uh, Both those guys are rookies who have played sparingly uh, this year. With Malik Willis also getting the start for the injured Ryan Tannehill, is there a single Titans player you would start um, this Thursday? I mean, no. How could there be? And I'll say, if you do have Derrick Henry and you're in the finals or the championship, um, I'm sorry because you're going to lose. Like, you just lost 18 points, essentially. 
that that's a hard truth, but yeah. <laughs> that's a hard I mean, truth. That's yeah. so fucking true though. Like that's it. That's it. You're done. Sorry, Let's man. just say it's Malik Willis and Joey Chestnut. We have two NFL <laughs> starting players, right? The glizzy god hitter. <laughs> no, Joey. Damn it. Julius Chestnut. Are you not entertained, um, dude? I love, I've never heard him called the glizzy gladiator, but it's an amazing nickname. It's a great nickname. Oh, man. Uh, but to, to finish what I was he saying. Is, though, he, like if you had to name one person that was the glizzy gladiator on oh. earth. It's not. It's not even close. He's won like twelve straight Nathan's hot dog eating contests. It's not even close. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> sorry, Try We totally shut you <laughs> off. Like cut you off there with a glizzy gladiator, but had to be said. Uh, no. On, uh, speaking of eating sausage, uh, the you know the, the Titans are starting two players. Um, who would ever thought one from, uh, you know, Liberty College and one from Sacred Heart. So uh, two colleges that you probably never really heard of. Unless you know about Malik Willis. So it's a shitty offense this week for sure. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. Um, even if, even if, I mean, I guess if Henry's active, then maybe you, you're forced to play him. But, you know, maybe you're able to pick up a guy like Tyler Algier or something like that. Um, and I think if, if Derrick Henry's even active, I would play a guy like Algier ahead of him this week. And just you know what I mean, put your yeah. di- put 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 your gambling dollars there because legitimately, even if he's active, I don't think Derrick Henry sees a whole lot of work because it doesn't make sense. We've also seen, I think, last year Tennessee was in a situation where they were they had a game that didn't matter at all for their playoff positioning, and they didn't play Derrick Henry at all. So. And I was just going to bring that because you you mentioned it earlier, but we kind of glossed over the fact that for the Titans, in terms of playoff position, you're right. This has zero effect on what happens when it comes to the playoffs. Because the only way they make the playoffs is if they win the division at this point. And they play the Jaguars for the division in week 18. So this week does nothing for the Titans. There's no reason to go out there and risk Derrick Henry's health. Right. And save him for next week when you want to give him the ball 40 times to win the game against the Jaguars, you know. God, just, you guys are so smart. Makes sense. We should probably be like within the league <laughs> somewhere, probably working in some sort of front office. But you know, it is what it is. Um, all right, let's you get move us. on. Um, I don't think there's anyone else we need to discuss I, uh, from that matchup. So let's Not move on. Um, Cardinals take it on the Falcons. The Falcons are three and a half point favorites. The over under is forty two points. On the Cardinals side of the ball, uh, Colt McCoy has recovered from his concussion that kept him out of last week's game, and he will make the start this week. Um, it's a positive turn of events for D-Hop, um, Hollywood Brown, uh, both who had pretty poor performances last week with uh, Trace McSorley uh, leading the offense. Um you know, I, I mean, I, I think at this point, if you had D Hop on your team, you might, you probably didn't make it through to the finals. Um, but if you did, are you still willing to play him with Colt McCoy? Hundred percent. 
Yeah. Let's just say I did make it past last week where I did start DeAndre Hopkins and he had 10 targets for one catch and four yards or some ridiculous stat line. And I lost by about 10 points. Um, Tried to tell we, you. we talked about this quite a few times in the podcast. DeAndre Hopkins seems to be pretty quarterback proof when it comes to a decent quarterback at that point. Until he isn't. Until you got a fucking goddamn varsity high school quarterback out there throwing the football. Was not so, pretty. Yeah, I think my point's kind of proven. Yeah, he um, as long as he has a decent quarterback throwing the ball, DeAndre Hopkins is a must start. Yeah, and honestly, I hope you did. I mean, I try. I know you started him, but I mean, if you if any listeners listened to us last week, I le- legitimately said that you should sit D Hop because of Trey McSorley, and you should have no issue doing so because you took him as a luxury pick anyways. You know, drafting him in the eighth, ninth, tenth round because of the the suspension he was at. Right. Injuries happen, man. I threw him on my flex and I got fucked. Hey, man, sometimes so. it happens. Yeah, like, like, you know, injuries, you know, every team is different. But I'm saying for the, for most people, you had the luxury of being able to sit him for a better flex player. Yeah, quit talking about my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. I think we can all agree at this point, moving forward, Trace McSorley is terrible. And if there's any lesson learned, it's that sometimes you know, quarterbacks of this level do sneak into the NFL. And no matter what, even if you have a super elite wide receiver that's on that team, if they have someone at that level throwing them the football, it's going to greatly affect their ability to produce because he still had nine or 10 targets, I think, in the game, but only one or maybe two of those balls were actually catchable. So, you know, something to keep in mind for years to come and, and moving forward. Uh, but as far as this Cardinals team goes in the finals, the only guy that I am confident in starting is James Conner. And he's gotten an incredible amount of volume um, the back end of this year. And he's been running well. Um, he's the only guy that I would start on this team. He's dealing with an illness right now. Um, obviously, I'm not a big fan of James Conner, but he has been killing it when he is healthy, especially in the last five weeks. He's been on fire. So, you know, I'll bite my tongue on this one. Yeah, and I'll just reiterate, I have no problem starting DeAndre Hopkins again this week. Even um, with the two games that he played with Colt McCoy, he still gave you very solid um flex position play in terms of he had eight and nine points in those two games had 11 targets in each of them so you turn one of those targets into a deep a deep ball or a touchdown like it's a whole other game but like if you can get nine points from your flex or you know pushing 10 points from your flex you're pretty happy with that kind of production all right on the other side of the ball uh desmond ritter played much better in his second career start and continued to grow his connection with um drake london who uh, finished with oh, 11 targets, 11 targets, nine. <laughs> I, I, I see. I see what happened here. <laughs> One sec. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I got, ex- got a whole extra. <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what each of these. Uh... It's nine, seven and ninety six. I mixed up his stat line from last week as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I was like, that's a few too many columns. Um, 
No, he nine the, targets. So you he, he had ninety-six for touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> for ninety-six yards uh, for a solid ten point one fantasy points. Um, can managers rely on Drake London to be a pan- championship week darling? You know, we see this every single year. There's always guys that you don't expect to uh, produce that do during championship week. Um, I, it's not for me, but what do you guys think? I think that's interesting because since Desmond Ritter has become quarterback, his targets have been pretty consistent. And even in like the last three weeks, Drake Lennon has, um, let's say 32, 32. targets. Yeah. 32 targets in the last three weeks. And the last two weeks is when Desmond Ritter is starting and he's getting a majority of the targets from Desmond Ritter. His target percentage has to be crazy high. I'm not really, I, I don't have it offhand right now, but they don't throw the ball very much. But when they do throw the ball, it is to Drake London. So I think he's at least a uh, at least a, a flex worthy play. Yeah, I mean, I I always say it comes down a lot to like roster construction. If you're in a championship week and you're looking for someone who might be able to give you kind of that boom play, um, I don't dislike Drake London. Um, like like you guys said, like Trey said, I mean the target right now, the target amount is insane over the three weeks. Like Desmond Ritter is basically force feeding him the ball. So and James, I'll post I'll you know pose this question to you then. Would you prefer Drake London or DeAndre Hopkins if you had to choose between one of them this week? Ooh, that's a uh one. give me DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, with Colton. Congratulations Boy. on losing him. If Trace McSorley is starting, then I would go. Drake London. Uh, it's so. already been announced. Colt McCoy is playing. Like he he's right. past he's he's already been, you know, announced a starter. Yeah, it's a close yes. one. I would I would go with Drake London. What? What? Yeah, I would take Drake London over DeAndre Hopkins this week just because uh, we know what's happening in that offense, and he's getting a good amount of targets. DeAndre Hopkins does get that amount of targets, but it's very hit or miss. I, Like I said, it's going to be very close. I, I'm willing to take the risk on Drake London over DeAndre Hopkins. All right. <laughs> 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 nice rebuttal. Uh, Tyler Algier has had over 100 total yards in consecutive weeks and looks to be clear, the clear lead back in Atlanta now. Um, how confident are you in him keeping it going this week? He was I probably one of, the more, away. one of the more popular uh, waiver wire ads this week. He's definitely coming into form on a team that likes to run the ball a lot. Um, talented. Uh, there's other guys in the mix, but he's definitely the guy at this point. So, Tyler, how are we feeling about Tyler's Algier? I like him a lot, man. I mean, I've obviously, you know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, like you, I talk about him a lot. I do like him. I like the way he runs. I always thought that eventually he would take over the backfield from Cordell Patterson. Um, it started to happen after Patterson went on IR. Algier really, I think, supplanted himself and put him into that lead back role. I know they went 50 50 for a while, but right now, I mean, this looks like Tyler Algier's backfield. And last, in last week's game, Cordell Patterson only had eight carries. 
So you're, it looks yeah. like it's Algiers' mm-hmm. backfield to have at this point. The Cardinals' defense is weak across the board. I mean, they give up almost 24 points a game to running back. So um, Algiers should be able to have a very big game. And, you know, Patterson could end up, you know, sneaking a touchdown in there and having a decent game himself. But this is still going to be, a, a, you know, Algiers, the guy you want in your uh, in your lineup. Yeah, I totally agree. We talked about this in the waiver wire episode a little bit. And uh, I think the real question is, is Tyler Algier actually a Mormon? You know, he went to what? BYU. Isn't that a Mormon school, right? BYU? <laughs> it is, yeah, but I don't think you have to be Mormon to go there. Uh, I'm just curious. but <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how many years he played there because I, I know, like, it's been how long you were there, though. I mean, I think you do have to, there's like, you have to go on like, your pilgrimage at least for for one year while you're there, too. So who knows, man? I couldn't say that for sure. So maybe you do have to at least practice that. I don't know how much you lose it. That's a whole different. So. I, I'm not that I cool. Think, with it, man. I don't think it's like the army where you fucking yeah. got to be signed up with uh, John. <laughs> goddamn. Um, Yo, if he's going to test our faith in championship week, I'm testing his faith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it should be. no. That's, you know, it is kind of a. It's not really a decent point for like what happens in championship week, but like it is a thing about BYU. Like I remember when um who's the kid in New Orleans, the tight end who used to play quarterback? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hills. Thank you. When he was the QB at at BYU, he had a couple injury seasons and then had to take a year off of football after the injuries because he had to go on his pilgrimage and do his like whatever they do mission. there. Yeah, his mission, thank you. Pilgrimage is something different. <laughs> 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 Dude, his mission, thank you. Are we finding America right now? <laughs> you need to go find a new America, my friend. Uh, fucking raiding. He had, he had to go do his mission, so that's a real thing. I don't know like how it go that goes there, but I don't know, man. It's a fun. It's a fun question to pose, though. It's you definitely don't have to be. I think it's probably preferred and most people are but yeah that's your black and athletic which makes sense for a lot of colleges yeah (laughs) so black athletic i mean do you want to be competitive or not um all right so start tyler (laughs) algier i guess if you're in a in a bind and uh do you want a pilgrimage or not you're looking for a good old pilgrimage sesh might be your guy uh, and Sorry. quick Google I'm search getting, says, <laughs> quick Google, Google search says you do not have to be Mormon, except if you are Mormon, you practice LDS, you do get a lower tuition. Um. Okay. So how many people are just bullshitting that? <laughs> you think you think someone like Tyler Algier is out here soaking when he's getting down? I doubt it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't want to derail this conversation. Oh I've been soaking, you know that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what Mormons do. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the wrong religion. <laughs> okay, wrong religion. Whatever. Let's keep it moving. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think Trey's pretty spot on, dude. I'm pretty sure. No, it's uh, the people in the Northeast. Goddamn, the ones with the Amish. The Amish do that. No, the Mormons soak also. You can you can you can park the car in the garage, you just can't move it. <laughs> when it comes to 
sexual acts. Yeah, you can park it in there, but just don't shift the gears. So that'll work for me. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, to the Bears taking on the Lions. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of, never mind. Uh, the Detroit Lions <laughs> taking on the <laughs> Chicago Bears. This is right, the Lions are six point favorites. All right, the over under is fifty two points. Now that is the highest over under of any Chicago and Detroit game in the last <laughs> 50 20, years, 25 years. Oh, this millennia. So look, there's some points Since before Christ that are implied to be scored here. It's just who's going to score those points. Um, on the Bears side of the ball, Justin Fields had his worst game since week three against Buffalo last week only scoring 9.8 points. Uh, But that was a tough defense and a tough weather situation. Um, This week he gets Detroit's defense um, in the dome of Ford Field. Do we fully expect him to bounce back in a high-scoring game um, where he's going to have the ability to go ahead and run around a little bit? The answer is 100% yes, and if you don't believe that, you're stupid. Damn, good breakdown, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just that easy. I mean, he's been on, like we said, since it was back since week three, since the last time he had points even near as low as he did, and even then, he's been over like 17 points, like seven straight games or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. of course he's going to bounce back. It's just, it's the way it's going to be. He's playing too damn well. He's running too damn much to not give you a great, great production this week. Perfectly said. I can't really touch on it any more than that. I agree with you. Um, we talked about it on the waiver wire episode, but are you willing to put Khalil Herbert in your flex during championship week against the Lions? My answer to that question is no. Why is that? Because why would I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't put that enough sarcasm on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think at this point, if you're in the finals, like you don't have to start Khalil Herbert in your flex. You shouldn't have to, anyway. I'm to- I'm totally with you. He had a couple of games earlier in the season, and if you if you have someone like Khalil Herbert, maybe you're stuck on the performances from last year. But you know, this year it's it's just not happening. And you know, since he's came back, it n- nothing has really changed. It's still Dave Montgomery's backfield there. Uh, pretty lackluster backfield, but Dave Montgomery is the guy if you are starting a running back in that backfield. Um, the backfield on the other side of the ball is kind of complicated, and you might not be still in the race if you're relying on these guys, but um, uh, Swift and Williams – combined for only 10 carries last week um, against the Panthers and they were playing from behind for most of the game but um, you know you'd have to assume that those carries those touches are going to go up for these guys this week but 
are they reliable for the fantasy football finals? Not at all. Right, Ty? No. No, you're wrong. Completely wrong. What? Yeah. The, the, the Lions abandoned the run game so quickly last, last week. They ran the ball a total of 17 times. Two of those carries were by receivers. Jared Groff dropped back 42 times to throw. or He had 42 attempts. He dropped back more than that because he was getting sacked as well. Like They abandoned the run game so quickly that they never gave Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift even a chance to get going. It's a, It was a terrible game plan. It just It is what it was. Um Swift and Williams will both bounce back this week. I'm going to lean much more towards Swift because he's already getting more of the touches and much bigger part of the game plan than Williams is at this point. But there's no reason that he can't both bounce back, have good games against the Chicago Bears defense that's giving up, uh, what was it? There it is, 24 points a game to running backs. It's the fourth worst mark in the league. You, you rebounded at the end there. But in the last three weeks, between DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, 160 yards, give or take, no touchdowns between the two of them. So it, it, it's interesting what's happening here on the you know with the Lions' backfield right now. It, it would, for me, it would make me uh, very skeptical on starting either of these guys. Jamal Williams, obviously the goal line kind of guy. DeAndre Swift does have that big playability and has been surprisingly available throughout the later half of this season. But both of them just seem so sketchy to me. Deandre Swift has had more than 10 carries uh, only one time in the last nine weeks. Other than that, he's averaging like five yard, or five carries a game. Jamal Williams is averaging around 12 carries a game. It's It seems like a very sketchy backfield right now. But in that same time frame, Deandre Swift is averaging like eight targets a game. In the last three weeks, um, about six, but even then, he's only gotten sixty yards. So it, it it's not what we thought. It's not the same landscape we're looking at for the, the Lions running backs as we were, you know, five six weeks ago. Things have changed a lot for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but it's it's not promising. And I'll be honest, I am the first to say I do not like DeAndre Swift. But if I had to between the two this week, it'd be DeAndre Swift. Purely because of his receiving prowess. All right. Uh, DJ, sh- Oh, we, do we Shark. have a rebuttal, though? Do we have a rebuttal, though? Do you see what no, I'm I saying? Gave, I gave you my argument. I gave you my argument. It's not a debate. We can't go back and forth all day long. We'll, the show will never end. Okay, I was just curious if you had something to, to prove me wrong, because usually you're smarter than me, and I was like, am I seeing this wrong? Well, yeah, it sounds like it right. Tyler tapped out there. Uh, oh, so. okay. You want me to keep going? <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears have given up the second most touchdowns to running backs on the season. The only team that's worse, only by one touchdown, is the Houston Texans. And Jamal Williams did have a pretty good game against Chicago back in Week 10, because Ooh. he had a touchdown. Ooh. So I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit here, but yeah, it's it's a sketchy one. I can see how you would have to start one or the other, but I wouldn't expect much. And I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
let's move on to the next one. Oh, <laughs> Stay time out, here. out. All right. Oh, bro. Uh, All right. <laughs> Shark. I'm kidding. Shark um, out, has outscored double-digit points in three of the last five games. Uh, this is DJ Shark, by the way, if you're uh, wondering. He was also the leading receiver for the Lions in two uh, of those games. He's had a good matchup against the Bears this week. Um, do you think he puts together another solid fantasy day, fantasy day for managers? Doing okay there, Fuck. Jim? <laughs> Just the hiccups. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get going. Uh, DJ Shark, you're not starting him, so move on. Um, Probably not, yeah. Broncos at the Chiefs, the Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites. Wow. The over-unders 45 points. As we all know, the Broncos, the Broncos have <laughs> fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett um, after going four and 11 in his first season as the team's head coach. Um, the offense has been abysmal most of the season. Interim head coach Jerry Rossberg has already confirmed that Russell Wilson will remain the starter um, so you're not starting anybody on the Broncos, correct? I think you can play with Jerry Judy. I said it last week and he still gave you a good, a good day. He has in three games in a row, at least 11 points and is getting all the targets. All right. You're flexing either Jerry Judy or Tyler's Algier. Who do you pick? It's Algier. Okay. Yep, I'm with you. Yep. Tyler's Algier. So the bar is pretty low for, for Judy. It, it's low for the Broncos in general. It's going to be a shit show. Um, on the other side of the ball, how are we feeling about the Chiefs' backfield this week? Isaiah Pacheco is leading the team in rushing, but hasn't been extremely productive the last couple of weeks, and Jarek McKinnon has been productive but needed a TD to salvage his fantasy day last week. The previous two weeks, he's um, scored multiple times and and been super productive. So uh, Tyler's Algier or one of the Kansas City running backs, whether it's Pacheco or McKinnon. Tyler's Algier. It's a little more interesting. Um I think that I think I'd go Algier as well, though, just because the matchup for Algier is much better than what the Kansas City's facing in Denver's defense. But if you had to choose a Chiefs running back, would it be Pacheco or McKinnon? Well, I don't know who Chico is, but um... <laughs> Pacheco, Pacheco, whatever. <laughs> I guess if I had to pick one, um, I'd probably go. Probably go Choose now. At this point, that's where I'm leaning. What do you think, Ty? I agree. I'm with I'm with McKinnon as well. He gives you more of a big play threat, and even though Isaiah is getting most of the the rushing attempts, he's still not getting enough of them to really give you a day. Uh, McKinnon's still actually getting most of the goal line work as well, which is odd. Yeah, and most of the receiving work. So yeah, he he looks better. Alrighty. Um, obviously. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you're starting. Juju Smith-Schuster, you'd probably start, um, and that's about it. Uh, Dolphins taking on the Patriots in New England. The Patriots are three-point favorites. The over-under is 41.5 points. 
a lot of news coming out um, about the the Miami Dolphins this week or t- today, really, uh, with Tua the last couple days. Um, as we expected, has been ruled out with a concussion. So Teddy Bridgewater, or as we um, know him, Theodore Watercrossing, will yes, be getting the start. A.K.A. Teddy Two Gloves. But better known as Theodore <laughs> Watercrossing. Theodore, Theodore Watercrossing will be getting the start uh, for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think Tua probably suits back up this year. Um, in the previous two games that Teddy's played most of the game, Tyreek Hill had monster games while Jalen Waddle was pretty modest in his production. What are we expecting this week though, for the championship week of fantasy football with Theodore water crossing starting? Um, in my opinion, it's a slight downgrade to both receivers. Uh, but there's still must starts. I think you said it perfectly. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill does do pretty well when Teddy Bridgewater is playing. Jalen Waddle does struggle more. You know, that Jalen Waddle and Tua connection is pretty underrated. So when Tua is not there, his production does dip. Um, Tyreek is a must start. Jalen Waddle is a somewhat risky play, in my opinion. Not the worst play, but you could definitely throw him out there. Yeah, you probably have to start them both, like you guys both said. But I'm not downgrading Tyreek at all. In the two games that Tyreek played when Teddy was the quarterback for most of those games, he had 20.9 points and 23.7 points. So Teddy Bridgewater seems to find him more than anybody else on the field, so there's no reason to have any any hesitation with Tyreek Hill. I would slightly downgrade Jalen Waddle because, like we saw earlier, his production does drop when Tua's not on the field. Um, You know, hey... Best of luck to Tua. Hope he's, you know, okay. And uh, we see him down the road. But You really don't think he's going to suit up the rest of the season? I don't think he probably should. If he's getting concussions on the type of hits that we're seeing, like, obviously there's something wrong, and he probably should take some time to figure it out. Because if you can't fall to the ground without getting a serious concussion, it's like, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> so, and football no, I mean, is probably I, not the best part. I mean, I, I get that. He, he, I mean, he still slammed his head against the the ground, and you see more concussions off of that than uh, people actually getting hit in the head by other by other you know defenders. Um, you see people get you know their head hits the ground that causes more concussion than anything. So I'm, I mean, I mean, they're in the playoffs. You know, they're. I, I can't see. I know his timetable for return. They said is open ended. They're not saying when he could possibly be back. Be back, but. I would be surprised if he's not back for at least the playoffs. I'm sure he wants to. I mean, definitely a football guy. Definitely got concussed and said, fuck it. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna play through it and see if anyone notices. And then uh, no one noticed until after the game. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just three, I think, serious concussions in the last, what, five Just weeks. this year. Yeah, just this year. It's, it's rough. I mean, there's we've seen multiple players leave the game because of concussions um, super early in their careers. So yeah. um, a lot of guys have walked away. So it's certainly scary. Um, and I, like you said, I mean, we all hope he comes back healthy um, whenever he does return. 
All right. Uh, the backfield situation. Um, Jeff Wilson did return to the active roster last week. They basically split carries 50, 50, uh, him and Raheem Mostert. Um, but do we think either guy really takes on the lead role this week or is it going to be more of a 50, 50 split? Uh, for Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I'll be honest. This is I'm a tough not, one. I'm not looking to. I'm not looking to play either one of these guys against the Patriots. Yeah, neither am I. Pretty strong defense there. Uh, Raheem Mostert has been getting majority snaps in the backfield, but hasn't really produced much. And Jeff Wilson, you know, as we know, was injured last week. I've left Week 14 a little bit early. It's a total toss-up, and I, I have no confidence to either of these guys this week. If you have to do it, I mean, Raheem Mostert is who I'm going to put my money on. Yeah, I'm going to go to a different table completely. I'm not betting anything on them. Um, and the nice thing with that, too, I mean, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, for most people, were either undrafted or super late round draft picks. So there shouldn't be any need for you to really be relying on them anyways, even this late in the season, unless you were completely screwed by injury like Trey was. Yeah. Thank you for that shout out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there's some, sometimes you can't do anything about it. It just happens. It happens. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was limited at practice on Wednesday on the other side of the football with the New England Patriots. Um, still dealing with that ankle injury that he's been able to play through the last couple of weeks. So there's not really any concern uh, in him missing the game. But Stevenson may be getting his running running mate back this week. Damien Harris has been out with a thigh injury since week 12, but has been limited at practice this week. He practiced um, some last week as well. If both backs play, but both are dealing with injury, how do we see the carries working out? And are either of them startable for the championship round? It's still Ramondre Stevenson's backfield. I don't see it changing much with Damian Harris being back. Yeah, you know, I I think for the most part, I agree with that. I do worry some that they're both injured and they want to try to save them both a little bit, that they could limit Stevenson's touches um, and it'd be pretty close to 50-50 split. So that is a bit of my concern. I do understand the... Um, you know, the Ramondre has been so good for most of the season. Um, that's, and even when Harrison, when Harris was there, we did see Ramondre start to take over the backfield already. And so I understand, you know, that's kind of sentiment that Ramondre is still the guy to have in his backfield. I, if I'm going to be playing them, that's where I'm leaning, but I do worry a little bit about this being kind of close to a 50, 50 split. Yeah, I would lean closer to Stevenson having more carries, but uh, it wouldn't be surprising if it was a 50-50 split. But Stevenson has been the dominant you know, guy in the backfield, so that's who I'd be confident in going with. All right, uh, the Colts taking on the Giants. The Giants are six-point favorites. The over-under is 38.5 points. Guess what, man? Nick Foles, your boy, Big Trey. Day, what do you Nick. call him? Big Dick Nick. He will remain the starter this week against the Giants, oh. even after looking like 
Limp dick, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last week against Uh, the Chargers, really the whole offense looked like. Limp dick. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, yeah, it wasn't so appeasing you, at all. Like you, you don't look at him like, damn, a, that was a good looking dick. It wasn't. It was just flaccid and limp. <laughs> all right, Tyler, calm down. <laughs> Let's move on. No, not, not starting anyone from one. the Colts, right? Nope. No matter how excited you're getting, nah, it's not excited at all. That's why it's limp. All right, you're not starting anyone from the Colts. Uh, what about on the Giants? <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Saquon or be gone, baby. Richie James. R- R- he he does he does deserve a shout out. Richie James has been getting a decent amount of targets, and no, he the has production's been, been there. The numbers. production's been there. So, um, honestly, if you put your faith in Richie James and you're just sending it in your championship game, kudos to you. Um. Hopefully he's only in your flex, and even then, hopefully you have someone better than that to throw in there. Yeah, but a double I mean, a, du- a double digit game is not out of the question for him. No, he's been he's been productive. I I thought I I think I seen somewhere he was like just as productive as um, Stephon Diggs in the last six weeks, but um. Diggs has had a quarterback that's been dealing with an injury on his throwing arm. That is Josh Allen. He's also been playing in terrible weather. So there's a few different variables that go into that. But, yeah, I mean, you're just – don't trust anyone on the Giants with your championship. So move on. Saquon. Saquon it is. Yes, sir. Yeah, some people might call him suck on, but – you know, Saquon is is what Tyler and I call him, and and that's definitely the only guy you should be playing. I call him Saquon. I do not call him Suckon. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, I talked to his mom about it. She said it was Saquon. Yeah, Suckon. All right, moving. <laughs> Saints taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are six point favorites. The over under is forty four points. Is that still at six points? With all the Jalen Hurts drama. Yeah. All right. That was as of today. Uh, starting on the Saints side of the ball, Chris Olave was held out of last week's game against Cleveland and was limited in practice on Wednesday. It looks like he has a good chance to play this week. Even if he does play, are you putting him out there in your lineup? No, you're not. No, and it's sad because he started off the season so well. It was It was great, but like, this offense has gotten gotten worse as the season's gone along, so you just there's no way you can rely on it. Yeah, I mean you're mm-hmm. you're starting Alvin Kamara, and and that's it. Yep. Uh, Honestly, if you're in the championship game, you're probably not even starting Kamara because you probably didn't fucking make it. Pretty disappointing season for him, but yeah. Well, I did definitely de- definitely start him if you got. Him. <laughs> well, I, I mean, okay, it's disappointing compared to what he's done, but he's still the, rece- the running back fourteen on the year. Here's the here here's the situation I'm in. All right, uh, yes, I'm in the the finals. I have Alvin Kamara on my team. I drafted him at the beginning of the second round. Um, I have Najee, Kamara, Pollard, Walker, Rashad White. All those are all my running backs in this league. And out of those five guys, I'm starting. I think I'm going to start Kamara. Um, 
Kenneth Walker, and then Najee would be my third if I want to flex him. But mm. I'm not 100% sure on that yet, so don't because shit changes every day. But that's where I'm feeling in this moment right now. A bunch of unsure running backs. Unsure? Definitely. I'm in the finals. Yeah, well, you know, things Didn't come into like play. we just have this fucking thing. conversation like a half hour ago? We did. We did. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, good luck with that. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. See how you did. Yeah, we'll see how you did. Oh, we already found out. Um, uh, all right. On the other side of the ball, <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> Man. It, we are quite. I'm not talking about Philly because it's like brotherly love in here right now. <laughs> I'm throwing snowballs at Snowman or Santa. Santa. Fuck him. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts Go. did not practice. Can you guys hear that? I could. I'm, I'm hearing you not saying anything. So. Okay, all right, good. All right. Uh, Jalen Hurts did not practice on Wednesday with the sprained shoulder, suffered against the the Bears. He hasn't been ruled out yet, but seems unlikely to play this week. We saw what Gardner Minshew was able to do last week against the Cowboys. Any issues throwing him back into your lineup this week? That is Gardner, the Minshew, and... Let me just say this as someone in that same league who also has Jalen Hurts, who also has Gardner Minshew. No, if Gardner or if Jalen's out, I'm playing Gardner with full confidence. Um, I also have Daniel Jones on that team because I've had to stock QBs ever since the the Jalen Hurts news came out last week. And I will start Gardner over Daniel Jones, over a lot of these other guys. Um, but if Jalen's active and playing, I'm I'm starting Jalen. Oh Big yeah, facts. you have to. Yep, set it perfectly. Gardner Minshew, you know, on 40 attempts last week, he had 355 yards and two touchdowns. He did throw two picks, which is, uh, you know, not desirable. But he still finished with 16 points, which is not horrible for a quarterback fill in. We talked about this in the podcast before. You know, we, we think he's capable of being the guy who can step in and uh, especially with this offensive weaponry, you know, he, he can definitely get the job done for you fantasy wise. Yeah, he also got hurt because he got credited for a lost fumble, which I don't believe was his fault. If you watch the game, he handed it. I It was to Kenneth Gainwell and they put it right in his chest and Gainwell didn't didn't clutch onto the ball at all and fumbled it. They credited it to Gardner Minshew. So he got hurt from that, too. Uh, I mean, he, he had a really good good day. Um, Trey, did you say he had 16 points? What score are you looking at? 22. I got Um, Yep, I, I looked at the wrong thing. I was looking at the projection. He had 22 okay. points. Okay. So, yep, you're right. And confused. that puts him at probably top five last week, honestly. A good amount of points. He did just fine. All right, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Both starting no matter what. Yes. Miles Sanders sat out practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. He saw a larger workload last week, um, and there was not any indication that the injury is serious, but Sanders has been held to only five points in the last two weeks. That is fantasy points. Uh, Would you sit him this week against the Saints? 
who um, historically, at least for this season, don't give up many points to the running back position. Tyler, what do you think? You love Miles Sanders. I do. So I do. See. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah, I, do. I stand. Nine fantasy points last week. He also then tweeted, I don't give a shit about fantasy football. How does that make you feel, Tyler Big Herbie? <laughs> well, honestly, I hope I hope nobody who's actually playing the NFL and has a large role in the NFL actually cares about fantasy football. That is, should not be, be their focus. But I did. I'm I'm on the Miles Sanders train. I have been. I've I'm standing <laughs> on that hill, even if it's by myself. The dude averages on his career almost six yards a carry. Like it just it is what it is. So it's a tough matchup. The last two weeks, I don't know what's going on. Even though he had a Tyler, good workload last week. What Tyler? What he doesn't Tyler. care about you? Tyler. He doesn't have to move care on. about me. Dude, okay. move on. What do you think Aaron Rodgers cares about you? He don't. He doesn't care about his mama. Oh, 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 you think he called his mom? Yeah, went there. We're nah. now on episode 10 in a row where Aaron <laughs> has been brought up. Shit, Normally it's true, don't come at me like that. Um, Miles Sanders, he's played too well this year. You're putting him in your lineup. Dude, it's not a question. You're doing it. Oh, God. I'm not there. Who are you starting ahead of him? All right, let me give you this. Um, if you say the same five running backs you talked about five minutes ago, I'm going to slap you <laughs> through the screen. <laughs> it's all off the top of the dome, dude. It's, you know. All right, let me give you this. The um, One of the strongest running games in the league. One of the Kansas thing. City running backs. No, Miles Sanders. Or Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Jerry McKinnon. All right, um... Derrick Henry. What? He's not even going to play. <laughs> he does. If he's active. Miles Sanders. Hey, hey, Ty, let me ask you this. Barry Sanders in his prime <laughs> <laughs> over Miles Sanders. No, I was saying Derrick Henry because if he's active, <laughs> and let's say you have Miles Sanders on the bench, you have a pretty significant decision to make. Yes. Yes. All right. I- can, I'll give you that. Can't I goo for a second? Calm down, <laughs> Pa. No, this isn't a fucking joke. Jesus Christ. Honestly, okay, I understand the, you know, if Derrick Henry's active, and that's a whole different conversation, but the chances of Derrick Henry actually being active are slim to none. There's probably a 98% chance he doesn't play. So it's Sanders. Let me ask you this. Uh, Jesus Christ redeeming the world of sins or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tony Pollard. Doesn't Jesus I'm Christ sorry. already, doesn't he already <laughs> forgive the world of their sins anyways? Isn't that like what he does? It, it depends on which Bible you read. I don't know. I can't keep up with that shit. There's like fucking All right. Problem. Last one. Last one. Tony Pollard or Miles Sanders? <laughs> um. Miles Sanders. I'm going to go that way again. And, oh, my God. Well, and honestly, it's because we talked about grave. how Tony Pollard were not sure about the injury and how much he will play even if he is to the grave. <laughs> Miles Sanders, at least as, 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 far as, as far as we're aware, is going to get a full workload where Tony Pollard could be, if he even is active, Fucking could be a very Saquon limited Barkley. 
or okay, it's Saquon. It's Saquon. It's a, come on, guys. All right. You just want oh, to find somebody Jesus to say Christ. I'm wondering where, how high do I got to go here? Hey, you pretty know? high. Miles Sanders bounces back. Martin Luther King Jr. or Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Sanders. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I've been pushing that too hard. <laughs> uh, all right. Panthers taking on the Buccaneers. You know, if you're going to cancel us, just fucking cancel us because we're canceled already. So, <laughs> you're not on. canceling much. I'm canceled. Uh, Panthers taking on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are three-point favorites. The over-under is 40 and a half points. <sighs> Look, I mean, fuck. Um... <laughs> okay, great okay, start. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one wanted to start a fucking Panthers running back last week, and then, you know, Deontay Foreman scores 20-plus Chuba Hubbard even has a decent game. They're running all over the field. This is what this team does. It's a tough matchup, I guess. I don't know. The Buccaneers suck at this point. I don't have any. I I honestly, I think the Panthers win this game. Like, I'm not even shitting you. I think the, the Buccaneers are that bad that the Panthers might fuck around and win this game. Well, I mean, they need to if they want to make the playoffs. They still got a chance at, the, at that division. I know, but the Panthers have no business being in the playoffs. Really, neither do the Buccaneers. Yeah, neither, neither does Tampa. So, at least they have Yo. Tom Brady, I guess. But he's also eighty-five years old and and looks like it. I mean, he hasn't been playing well. I know the guy's got a lot of shit going on, being involved in crypto scams and all that, but. Um, and, you know, welcome to the adult life. His family fuck off. Apart. Yeah, fuck I mean, off. You're not, welcome you're really, to being truly a dude. not an adult until you get involved in some sort of major crypto scam and get sued by you know everyone. But that's just life. Yeah, that's just being a grown up. I'll just say this: on a real standpoint, the Panthers have been pretty good at running the ball in you know the last few weeks. And Deontay Foreman is the guy that you do want. Against this defense, they are looking bad, but they are very strong against the run. And Deontay Foreman gets majority carries. So if it was a different defense that wasn't so good against the run, I would like both of these guys because it's a very hit or miss between the, the two of them, but Deontay Foreman gets all the looks. So that's how you want to start for this team right now. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. Um, it is scary for sure. But if you don't have any better options, I mean, Deontay Foreman or Miles Sanders. <laughs> oh, fucking A, dude. <laughs> Tyler, just say it. I know. Just say it. I'm, dude, I'm uh, Foreman. It's, it's got to be Sanders. It's just got to be Sanders. Yes. What do we say? Yes. yes. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Do we really okay, have to so talk about the, Sam the, Darnold the, and DJ Moore, or can we just move on? The, have you seen talk- DJ Moore's stat line the last couple of weeks? Look at this. No one that drafted DJ Moore is in the finals. I can promise you that. Hey, but okay, but maybe he got dropped and you picked him up in the last three, in the last four weeks or last four games. He's had fifteen points in three of those games. 
for some reason, he put up a complete and, dud against the Seahawks. I don't even understand that because the Seahawks defense is terrible. But other exactly. than that, like, he, okay, but that's one game. Three of the four, like, but it's he's totally cr- unpredictable. It's 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 volatile. It's you can't count on it at all. I was gambling at even, the end of the day, man. And DJ Moore was a somewhat lower ADP. So if you're in the playoffs and you have him on your team, why not? All right. Exactly. I would suggest not starting him, but, you know, we can be, um, we can, you know, agree to disagree. Oh, check this out. So a Taco Bell Doritos Locos Taco or Miles Sanders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, just when we thought the tampa bay backfield was becoming a 50 50 split leonard Fournette said you know what hold my beer because playoff lenny is brewing and lenny had 20 carries to go along with 10 targets through the air Oh, the the Tom Brady special and uh that totaled 162 yards um his high it was his highest usage of the season and his best production since week 5 how do we see him playing this week against the Panthers extremely Ty, what well you got i mean yeah. it's it's a, he, the real question is you know Obviously, you're starting Leonard Fournette at this point. Um, yeah. Are you starting Rashad White? Nah, the the usage is is, is too low. Um, it, it's not enticing to me at all. I I can't fuck with Rashad White. I'm not gonna do it. This game's gonna be a little bit of a dogfight. I would say you know one of those end of the game, lower point total games. I'm going with Leonard Fournette. I need the guy who gets majority touches, and that's Leonard Fournette. Yeah, seven touches last week ain't going to do it. Um, it's got to be Lenny. And then what about the receivers? Um, You're benching Mike, Mike Evans. You're, at this point, yeah. you have to, if you haven't already given up on Mike Evans, you need to now. He's going to burn you this week if you're in the championship. <laughs> yeah, fuck. If you haven't given up on him now, it's the last week of the season to do so. So, yeah. It's Chris I, Godwin or you die. You can't start him. You can't start oh, yeah. Mike Evans, man. No, it's Godwin's great. Bad. Godwin, you know, we talked about it, like in the middle of the season when he's still getting all those targets but not doing a lot of production. And now the production is coming behind the target, so it's too hard to not have him in your lineup. Yep. For sure. All right. Uh, Browns taking on the Commanders in Washington. The Commanders are two point favorites. The over under is forty and a half points. Uh, Nick Chubb has been dealing with uh, a foot injury the last couple of weeks, but he says he will play in the final two games of the season. Good news for fantasy managers, as even with his production slowed since the return of Deshaun Watson, Chubb is still the RB7 on the season. So Chubb playing active, healthy, you're starting him. Um, The receivers on the Brown side, Amari Cooper has not practiced yet this week, but the team is listing him with the same injury designation as last week, which was a hip injury slash rest. Um, 
and he still played the full game against the Saints. There's no concern about him missing this week's game. Uh, Cooper's connection with Watson seems to be getting better with each week. He's obviously the wide receiver one for this team and has been. Um, are you starting Amari Cooper in the championship week? Yo, I feel like that's mad risky. Uh, the, the game plan hasn't changed in Cleveland. So, you know, obviously Amari Cooper's targets haven't changed or hasn't changed too much. But the, the amount of catches he has definitely has decreased. So, you know, it's not like him and Jacoby Brissett had the best connection, but it's definitely worse than what he has with Sean Watson right now. So I, I'd be a little worried about starting Amari Cooper, even though he is, you know, a top 20 receiver in standard and PPR leagues. He's a borderline flex guy for me. If you have a better option, especially going into, you know, the, you know, the important championship weeks, you got to roll with somebody else. I, I can't fuck with it. Deshaun Watson looks like shit. I'll just be straight up. And I called it, been, been calling it uh, victory lap, which is what I do. So, uh, I mean, am I wrong, though? Am I wrong with what I'm saying? No, I mean, you're, he, hasn't, he hasn't played football in like five years. Um, <laughs> two two <but> years. <laughs> so the, might, might as well be five at this point. And he, I, I think they're just at, like this for them. Like this is just games to take into next year i don't think the browns I, I think that's all they're doing really you know is you know watson's getting real-time reps and they're packing it up for next year so for me it's oh, nick yeah. chubb and nobody else they gave him a quarter billion dollars no shit that's what they're doing yeah but i mean fantasy wise it's like what are we going to do with this goddamn team you know, Nick I'm Chubb. on the other end here, guys. I'm I'm rolling with Amari Cooper still. Oh, get the fuck out of here! No, I swear to God, the connection is getting better. So uh, targets went Over up who, last week. Though? Oh, well, we'll get to that point. All right, let me just lay out <laughs> lay out the argument here first. Then you can no, pile st- me with you know, hey, hey versus. What? Stand your ground. We're swinging on you, both of us. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so. Targets increased over the last two weeks. Uh, went from seven targets, six targets, and got ten last week. Caught six of those. Connection is better. The whole thing about the connection between a quarterback and receiver is reps. The more reps they get, the better this connection is going to get. We already know Amari Cooper is a great route runner. Has been his entire career. As much as trade won't want to agree to that because he's a hater. I changed. I changed. Finally, I changed halfway through the season. You can't you say that anymore. You did. But he's been a great route runner, so he gets open. As long as Deshaun Watson can get the ball to him in rhythm, which is getting better, he's going to have give you a productive day. He's going to have, have a fine day against Washington. I'm not saying he's a wide receiver one, but I'm saying he should give you, you know, solid, like, high-end flex numbers, maybe low-end wide receiver two numbers. So Amari Cooper learned how to give massages. And... Hey, man, whatever it takes to get your quarterback going. <laughs> you ever heard a couple <laughs> massages, Trey? Um, What? Yeah. Those will those will why are you, why are you asking you, me? Those will bring you together real quick. All right. It's a good well, that's weird. Experience. I'm not trying to come separately. That's cool. <laughs> but uh anyways. <laughs> not you and me, dude. I'm talking about Mari and Deshaun. Anyways, nope. uh, all right. So Tyler so Tyler would start a Mari. We wouldn't take that. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> as you will. Uh, we'll see who's right, I guess. Uh, I know the couple's week. massage was you and me. <laughs> Is it? What? No, you want to go? Never, dude? No, it will never be. Oh, okay. okay. So let's move on <laughs> to the other side of the ball. <laughs> other than what ball? Uh, all four of ours. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, six if you want to join. Apparently. <laughs> oh man, we are so off the rails in this episode. It's terrible. <laughs> Listen, the commanders the have the announced year. Carson Wentz. Guess who's back? Wentz is back, back. again. Wentz Guess is who's back. back. Wentz is back. <laughs> Wentz is back. He sounds yeah. so excited. So yeah, he's gonna start this week against the Browns. Uh he hasn't played since week six when he broke his uh little pinky finger on his throwing hand. He's been fully healthy um the last couple of weeks, but Taylor Heineke was um playing well, so they kept him um on the couch, which is also the bench. Uh, the offense has sputtered <laughs> the last couple weeks, prompting the return of Wentz to the starting lineup, I guess. Um, I think most of this has to do with the fact that they're paying him so much fucking money, and they got to see if Wentz can actually be a starting quarterback um, in the NFL. I, I don't think he can be. I think the, the team likes... Tyler or Taylor Heineke uh, much more. And, you know, uh, we've seen this now with multiple teams with Carson Wentz where he loses the locker room and loses the organization. People, for whatever reason, just seem to not really like Carson Wentz. And maybe it's a personality thing, but I think that's a major part of the issue along with the fact that he is super inconsistent. But anyways, um, the passing offense did not come out of the gate firing on all cinder- cylinders to start the season. Do you think? No, it, it did. They blew up the first couple weeks of the season when one started the season. It did yeah, it, come it, out. It, it yeah, was strong. Firing on all cylinders. So I guess – you know, the big question here is, is can you trust the receivers? Can you trust Terry McLaurin? Can you start Jahan Dotson? I think you can trust Terry McLaurin, uh, kind of like a poor man, DeAndre Hopkins. It's kind of what I'm seeing at this point. Not even a poor man's. Uh, it doesn't really matter which quarterback he has. He continues to get a lot of targets every game that he plays. He's heavily involved in the game plan. So Terry McLaurin... Definitely a starter. Doesn't really matter who's that quarterback. Jahan Dotson is a more interesting look, in my opinion. Um, very touchdown dependent. Obviously, he's a rookie, but yeah, at this point in this season, he's played ten games, and in six of those, he has double-digit points and at least one touchdown. So, Terry McLaurin is a solid play. Jahan Dotson is the, you know, boomer bust play is how I'm approaching it. Yeah, you know, it is it is interesting. I mean, when the season first started and when started the first six game, games of the year, 
um, both or all three of McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Johan Dotson had two or three or four games worth of double digit digit points. So like the offense was rolling. How that works out this week now, especially since like Curtis Samuel has seems to fall out of favor within the offense completely. Um <clears throat> Makes it hard to figure out who you're going to start. I agree with you guys. Like, Scary Terry is Scary Terry. Even though he's had extremely inconsistent quarterback play throughout his entire career, he's consistently finished as a wide receiver, two. Um, and this year, he's, you know, a higher-end wide receiver, two, finishing as the wide receiver 16 so far on the season. So, I think you're fine starting Scary Terry. Jahan is a little bit of a dicey play. But, I mean, the upside's there. Obviously, he's been out there killing it. So, you might as well roll the dice on him if you're even if you're in the championship just because he has such a great upside to him. Um, and I'm probably still just ignoring Curtis Samuel just because he seems to just have fallen out of favor in general with the team. Thank you for saying what I said in a much smarter way. <laughs> I will say this. Um, I've definitely – I think this move back to Carson, I think it downgrades – Terry McLaurin in my my eyes I like I view both of these guys as like a, a flex option or wide receiver three I guess um and honestly like I, I, Carson Wentz just spread the ball out a, a lot more than T- Taylor Heineke you know Heineke was really hyper focused on Terry McLaurin so it does make me nervous to start really either one of these guys. Um, and I think at this point, if you're depending on Terry McLaurin, you might not be in it. Um, if you have Jahan Dotson as maybe a flex option, I think that's more realistic. So I don't know. I, I guess I would be okay flexing um, Jahan Dotson. And if you made it to, to this point starting Terry McLaurin, then I guess continue to start him. But I'm just nervous about it. I don't see really either of these guys having a huge game um, this week. <clears throat> I'm surprised you're so down point. on on Scary Terry, honestly. He's basically yeah. put the exact production that you expected him to based off of where you drafted him. Um, he was His ADP for drafting was in the middle to back half of round three. So you're talking about him being, you know, being drafted as your wide receiver two, and that's exactly what he's given you. So I'm confused as to why you're so far down on him. Yeah, I guess quarterback proof. Uh, honestly, like I don't, <laughs> I just don't really like having any assets in this this offense outside of like Jahan and Dynasty, maybe. But um, yeah, dude, like at this point, it's just like it's so volatile, and um, you know, going back and forth between different quarterbacks. I just think it's going to be a rough game for the Commanders, and. I just don't want to trust my championship week on whether or not Carson Wentz can, can come in and actually be productive after missing multi, you know, a, a ton of weeks, um, both from injury and, and just being benched outright. So I guess that's, it's more on Carson Wentz and this whole situation with the team and, and head coach Ron Rivera um, I guess that's more so where my doubts lie than, you know, Terry okay. McLaurin's ability. So, so, so let me ask you this then, because Carson Wentz did come in for Taylor Heineke last week. They benched Heineke mid-game. Wentz came in, went 12 of 16 for 123 yards and a touchdown and only 26% of offensive plays. 
So yeah, that's a damn good those, stat line. I think only like a very small amount of his targets actually went to Terry McLaurin um, last week. I mean, McLaurin had only had five targets compl- total, but I mean, but that had been with Heineke playing most of the game. He played Heineke played three quarters of the game. Yeah, so what I'm seeing is uh, one of Terry's targets were from Carson out of his 17. But, but the first know. three weeks were scary. I mean, Terry, it, for it me, it's just Carson. like it's, it's such a toss up. Like, it's just, I don't know. Nothing really to bank on, in my opinion. And that's fair. Uh, and, and honestly, and I'll give you that's a fair point. Um, I'm just just curious because you you seem to be like much much lower than on Terry than me and Trey are. Like he's we're saying, flex worthy. Like, I think at the very least he's flex worthy. I would say he's still going to give you oh, your, yeah. your wide receiver two production. Where it sounds like James wants to bench him completely. Yeah, well, James is wrong, which is you know totally uh, <laughs> typical. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, in the championship, but no big We're deal. We're all in the championship. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm in the important championship, though. Um, uh, let's keep her moving. Yeah, I would want to keep it moving, too. The <laughs> running back situation, um, you know, Brian Robinson, rough game last week against the 49ers, as to be expected. He only scored 5.8 points. So... Hopefully you weren't relying on him last week. If you were, you know, could your chances are slim getting through. But um, fellow running back Antonio Gibson missed practice on Wednesday. He'd been dealing with a foot injury the last few weeks. Hasn't missed a game, though. Ron Rivera um, said that Gibson came out of the 49ers game with a sprained knee as well. Um, even while dealing with both injuries, it looks like he'll be able to give it a go Sunday. Um, are you trusting either of these running backs in your lineup for the finals? Brian Robinson's averaging about, you know, 16, 17 carries per game, maybe even over 20 if we're going back like six games back. And in this running back landscape, you have to start him. Cleveland's also giving up almost 25 points a game to running backs. That alone should make it that where Brian Robinson should get the lion's share of the carries here and should be able to have a good day. Um, Brian Robinson, I think I have no problem putting in my lineup. Where Antonio Gibson is a much riskier play, I think I would leave him on my, on my bench. Yeah, and I think, you know, if Antonio's out, Brian Robinson becomes even much more oh, yeah. startable. A hundred percent, yeah. I will say though, man, I just don't want to start anyone <laughs> on this offense. Games really is just off don't. the Washington Commanders completely. I really am, man. Like I, I just don't trust anything that Ron Rivera says, and I don't know, man. I, yeah, I just don't rely. I don't like relying on this offense. They're just in so much flux, and it's just, it's scary. But I you would know, say Brian Robinson, you know, probably the safest start. 
It's not the worst RB two in the world, especially with what's happening this year with running backs being injured. So uh, even if you have you know Derrick Henry injured and you have Brian Robinson on your bench, it's not the worst fill in. All right, the last matchup of the early window, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Houston Texans. The Jaguars are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 43-and-a-half points. Trevor Lawrence missed practice on Wednesday with the toe injury that he suffered uh, back in Week 13. He has not missed any games in that time span. So uh, head coach Doug Peterson says he is playing to win this week and won't rest any of his um, starters, even though this game is irrelevant for the Jaguars for the playoffs. So um, it's we're expecting, obviously, Trevor Lawrence to go ahead and start. With that being said, the Texans are a bad matchup for QBs and wide receivers with it being so easy to run the ball on them. Managers should probably downgrade the likes of Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram in this matchup. At least that's what the stats tell us um, throughout the season. Um, Travis Etienne, on the other hand, should be in line for a big day. Uh, Could be the reason many managers win their week because the Texans have been so weak against against the run how do you guys see the the jacksonville offense playing out do you see any you know guys that you can rely on and start this week yeah we've talked about this quite a few times especially in you know the last you know six to eight weeks or so so yeah the texans obviously they've been a cheat code start your running back against them because they obviously the, the absolute worst giving up the most points to running backs this year. And um, with what you were talking about earlier, you know, the Texans on paper do seem like a bad matchup for quarterbacks and receivers. But as I, like I said, we talked about this before, they're playing from behind and every team that they're playing is running the ball against them. So, yeah, those teams are successful, but they're not trying to – no one's really trying to throw the ball against the Texans. So it seems like they are good against quarterbacks and receivers. And I'm not really convinced that they are. It's just a matter of, you know, game script coming into play and the fact that they've been losing pretty much every single game this year. And, you know, Ty, you like Trevor Lawrence – was it last week or the year, the week before? I like Trevor Lawrence, but I think I picked Trevor Lawrence like five or six times in my QB start of the week. It worked out for me like <laughs> most. I think only one week did it not work out for me. So I love Trevor yeah. Lawrence all week or all season. Yeah. But okay, but I mean, and you're you're right. Like, the, are is is Houston's defense good against quarterbacks and receivers? No, you're no, they're not. They're they give up. They just don't have to defend against them because all they do, all teams do, is run against them. But to put it in perspective, at least the so the Jaguars play Houston twice a year, right? Because they're division rivals. If you go back to week five when they played before, Christian Kirk, 1.6 points. Zay Jones, 2.7 points. Trevor Lawrence, 12.3 points. Evan Ingram was the only one mm-hmm. of those four that had a decent game of 9.9 points. Outside of that, everyone had bad games. And it's because you don't have to throw the ball against them. So, honestly, as much as it sucks, like it's going to be really hard to be able to you know sit Trevor Lawrence or sit Christian Kirk, especially because those are two guys that got drafted relatively high compared to Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, you might not have a choice. Like if you want to win your week this 
you know, win your championship this week, I think you need to look elsewhere. That's a good yeah. point. I would agree. I mean, honestly, I'd be benching everyone. I would consider starting Evan Ingram, though, just because of how on fire he's been and how much of a, a part of the offense he's become, even against the Jets last week in a terrible weather game uh, where really no one had good games outside of Evan Ingram. You know, he still had like 130 yards or some crazy shit and you know i think he's becoming a real vocal part part of this offense and um you know when you look at the tight end landscape i still think he has a pretty good shot of finishing top 12 this week yeah definitely yeah i could, I, I could definitely see that so for me it would be evan ingram i think you can start um, and then Travis Etienne is a must start. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, the Texans. And nah. um, yeah, it's the Texans. So you're, <laughs> it's a no for me, fam. You're not starting anyone there. I uh, fuck. Yeah, I I really can't imagine it. I I don't think anyone could c- convince me. No. Well, not we're not no. we're not going to try to. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look elsewhere for that. <laughs> um but that'll do it for all of the early window matchups for championship week. Um we will be back with another episode on Friday for you to cover uh, all the late window games and also give you our starts of the week. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, we thank you all for listening so much. And, um, you know, good luck in your championship um, bouts this weekend. Uh, but, yes, definitely tune in for the late window games and our starts of the week because I think that will be a pretty good, uh, pretty good episode to tune into. And then uh, looking forward, you know, uh, make sure you you stay tuned in for the offseason because we're going to be talking about uh, rookies. We're going to be talking about dynasty value. We're going to be talking about guys that you should be looking for next year. So uh, that will be, you know, obviously valuable um, moving into next year. And um, that's it. Hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers if you have any start sit questions for these early windows. And then, uh, yeah, tune in for the late window game and our starts of the week. And uh, we will catch you guys then. Sayonara. Bye.